I need to go and stir some jam. I'll be back in 30 seconds. I, I haven't thought of anything witty with how to start this one, but there we go. Hello and welcome to Eurovision in Isolation. My name is Phil Smith and this is the Eurovision in Isolation podcast. Um, <laughs> thing, the thing with Phil is he's still like the seasoned professional and he comes up with these like seamless links that no one else would and that's why we have him as the, as the host. Do a, um, do a topical monologue like on the uh, talk shows. The uh, Suez Canal was blocked the evergreen was uh, was stuck and it got me thinking where would i like to be stuck and on the podcast with the three of you would be my ideal three yeah i'm oh, not yeah. simon yeah, <laughs> to move this onto topical grounds obviously the big eurovision news or there's been a few bits of big eurovision news belarus have been removed from this year's eurovision song contest after they submitted two songs that were deemed unacceptable to be participant songs because they were too overtly in favour of the authoritarian and non-democratically uh, elected government there. Uh, so we're down to 39 countries, meaning just 13 songs will get eliminated at the semi-final stage this year. But yes, their first Belarusian effort was not only an objectionable message but pretty objectionable musically as well so simon you'd have probably liked it i love belarus deleting thinking (laughs) (laughs) in other eurovision news 3500 fans are going to be allowed in to watch each of the shows so some rotterdamites will um provide a little bit of atmosphere for the event will they still boo the russians Yes, yes, I think they will. Be a smattering of booze. I think there'll be more than a smattering of booze. We'll all be legless. As soon as I said that, I thought, oh, there's a, there's a, I've, I've knocked that up for someone to make a joke about alcohol. And then you said that. Hey, we've got, to, I, we've got to start to the podcast now. <laughs> yes, yeah. That, that's some content, isn't it? Content. <laughs> right. For today's podcast, I have assembled the OG panellists. It's the OG, it's Minnie Meyer. Hi, Phil. It's the GC, it's Dan Irvin. Hello again, Phil. It's the MP, Alex Smith. Good to be back. And it's the OMG, Simon Rickenback. Hey, Phil, nice to be here. Right, today we are looking at the five songs submitted for the 2021 Eurovision Song Contest from each of our five home nations, hero nations, if you will. So let's not dawdle any longer. Let's get into song number one. This is from Manaskin. They're from Italy and their song is Zitti e Buono. Fuori di testa, ma diversa da loro. E tu sei fuori di testa, ma diversa da loro. Siamo fuori di testa, ma diversi da loro. 
Ruskin. So, Alex, you want to talk us through your your home nation? Absolutely. And it's uh, Bienvenuti to Lincoln Park's Italian Cousins. Rare, I think, for Italy to send a band like this to Eurovision. Um, they deliver a kind of rabble-rousing, mosh-pit, tour-de-rock-rap uh, number full of aggressive and intense energy. I don't know if the Italian language particularly lends itself to the kind of rock rap fusion, but do you know what? It's kind of intriguing. And this is this that takes a lot for me to say because I'm, I'm this is really not my cup of tea. This is really not my kind of music. And so I think I, I can envision this doing quite well. I think much in the same way Hatari just went mega with their staging to, to, to go with their hard rock heavy metal. I imagine that they'll do something quite intense and incredible with the staging for this one. So excited to see it on the night and I think it may do quite well. Simon, you are our rock connoisseur. I thought it was funny listening to this because I did think, I couldn't think of a like less Alex friendly Italian entry that has ever happened at Eurovision. This is like the most anti-Alex song they could have entered. It's not great, but it's not awful. It's sort of sort of Marilyn Blanson kind of vibe to it. If they look like they're fronted by like Richmond from the IT crowd, with the sort of like, oh yeah, it's yeah. Cradle of Fool. Obviously, like Alex said, they're going to draw comparisons to Hatari. And although it's it's not as hard as like Hatari's music, if that makes sense. Hatari did pretty well, and I expect a sort of slightly less bondage version to do quite well. It's sort of more slap and tickle than s and <laughs> I don't think your joke, Marilyn Blanderson, got enough credit there, by the way. I oh. like Marilyn Melanson. Even better. Dan, can you top that? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> or My Chemical Romans. Oh, there's oh. your winner. Bullet for my Florentine. <laughs> I definitely got Levi's advert vibes from it, particularly the video. Yeah, it was the the sort of in the in the box bit is kind of like advert for Google or Gap have got a new like skateboarder range. Manuskin by Levi's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, totally see it. To be honest, that probably makes sense because they are ultimately a very mainstream rock band. They came to fame, believe it or not, on the X Factor in Italy. Okay. So their, their rock heritage is not strong, but uh, their popularity is. They came second, people like them in Italy, and they kind of ran away with San Remo this year. So, um, yeah, uh, they'll be interesting to see. So... We've done it on pretty much every episode up until now, so we'll stick with it here. Do's or nil point? Anyone like this song the most want to give it their do's point? Nope. Stone Cold Silence there. So, nil points. No? Mainstream continues. No one likes it that much, but no one hates it either. Right, song number two. Song number two is from Ireland. Their entrant is Leslie Roy. She was due to represent them last year with Story of My Life, but she's come back with her song number two, and it is called Maps. Maps 
over to the Emerald Isle. Damn. Thank you, Phil. As you said, that was Leslie Roy. Uh, they were due to represent Ireland in 2020 and were unable to, so, so got another shot. Come back with a different song that's actually really quite similar. Something of a Poundland Katy Perry. Um, <laughs> should I say Eurogiant Katy Perry, uh, to be correct. Sounds a bit more like a compliment, though, because it doesn't quite work. Um, <laughs> so, so, it's like a giant of <laughs> My opinion of this song, and this would probably go for the, the last one as well, is that it's fine. It's very inoffensive. And it's not going to blow your socks off. And what will be really critical for Leslie is whether they do anything substantial with the staging. I'm assuming they're not going to cart around Ireland's version of the Louvre to be behind her in Rotterdam. <laughs> and with similar staging to this performance on the night, I really think this will flop and probably drop out in the semi-final. But... The song's okay, you know, there is potential there. If they do something interesting, you know, this this could this could do all right, I think. Minnie, did you have any thoughts on Leslie or indeed maps in general? As Dan hinted at there, it is a bit hard to judge how it will go down on the night when this performance is outside and seemingly cold enough that she needs to have a coat on. Whereas most Eurovision performances, female vocalists will be wearing something a bit snazzy. In this case, she looks overdressed. The song is overproduced. And I'm a bit over it, to be honest. Yeah. OK, Alex. Yeah, this is a bit um, B-side to Katy Perry Raw. And I think ultimately this will, the death knell for it will be that it's it's a bit too nondescript. Obviously, it's difficult to judge at this point the staging because she's on the roof and that's it. Will there be an anchor that might draw people to vote for her? We'll see. But uh, I think it's just a bit too repetitive. And as, as Dan said, it's fine. And that's it at the minute. I think this year, now having heard all the songs, staging is going to be so key this year. I don't think there's many or any real standout songs. What people do with the staging, how it fits with the song, whether it works as staging is going to become key to a lot of these songs. So, um, yeah, it's it's not dead in the water, I don't think, but it is also not currently standing out at all. I think that's fair. Simon, do you have any differing thoughts on this one? Not even slightly. <laughs> my, <laughs> my my main thought on listening to it for the third time, just try and make some notes about it, was good good luck, Dan. Like <laughs> gotta talk about this one. Good. It's just a, it's like a classic UK and Ireland entry where like there's it's overly sort of auto-tuned, pretty generic, and there's just not much to say about it in all honesty. And mm. standing on a roof in the middle of a glow stick clock didn't improve it really. I think I thought it was funny the the performance that we listened to is from like an Irish late late show and the guy afterwards was like feedback all day long all around the place uh, including Australia and beyond is very very positive indeed so here's hoping like where's beyond Australia from Ireland like the moon <laughs> anyway as he said here's hoping uh, and in this case I think they'll be hoping they can get out of the bloody semi-final <laughs> okay doesn't sound like we're going to have any douze poids for Leslie. 
any nil poor? Anyone's least favourite? No. That, that's two songs down. No votes cast. So three songs are splitting all of our do's poor and all of our nil poor. Yeah, are, we finally, <laughs> are, are we finally going to have a song where all four of you agree on something? That is the cliffhanger of this episode. I'm excited. So on to song number three. And we're going to the United Kingdom. This is James Newman with his song Embers. Out of the embers, you and I are gonna light up the room. Obviously, before his Eurovision involvement, he was best known as John Newman's brother. But now he's entered two quite strong Eurovision songs for the UK after My Last Breath last year was a very uh, touching, rousing ballad. This time he's come with a, I think it's fair to say, a summer anthem. How big that anthem might be, who knows, but summery nonetheless. So, um, yeah, I think it stands the uk in good stead this year but simon what do you think so it's definitely not the worst entry that the uk has ever sent uh, which is a particularly low bar i think this is actually probably better than something we've sent in the last few years but i do also think it's one of those odd songs that the more i listen to it the less i like it like the first time i listened to it mm-hmm. i thought it's good catchy like nice refrain and then the more i listened to it i was like, I was like oh, actually it is just the same refrain and it is a bit repetitive um and i was just sort of urging it to do something a bit different that said it it sort of fits the bill for being a, a kind of a more upbeat number um which i think is going to be important this year but yeah i also don't blame him in the video for getting being like if i'm going to do a eurovision give it give me give me the opportunity to drive a mustang um but he's quite a big guy like he's quite tall and quite sort of broad <laughs> and he sort of has to unfold himself to get out of this tiny car. And it does look a bit silly when he arrives at the sort of dancing event. Um, but yeah, overall, I think I think it's not the worst UK entry. You know, we won't be embarrassed this year, um, which is sort of the minimum Eurovision thing you've come to hope for. I mean, that, and that's the boldest claim, I think, isn't it? That the UK won't be embarrassed this year at Eurovision. I have to say, I am the complete opposite to Simon. The first time I listened to this, I was a completely nonplussed it didn't go anywhere for me i was disappointed but the more i've listened to it the more it is stuck and stuck in my head and i find it a bit of a bop i completely disagree simon i think more listens improves this one um alex what did you make of it yeah i uh i, th- I think this is a great great entry from the uk it's um it was a good song last year and i think this is a definite improvement um i think this lends itself to some really interesting staging. I can imagine, um, I was going to say a bigger brass section, but of course we know they'd only be allowed five, but I would imagine, I can sort of envision five of them in a sort of mini big band tiered setup, sort of two at the front, three at the back, uh, with their synchronized swaying and wiggling. I imagine, uh, as Simon mentioned, this is a song that could capture the mood a little bit. It's just whether or not it can capture the mood of 
Europe as a whole, because of course, if we send this song, um, which sort of as a as a theme is very much about, you know, rising from the ashes of a shite year, eighteen months. If the UK's on its tod, having a good old time, broadly broadly vaccinated, and the rest of Europe is still in lockdown 3.0, I can see this bombing as being a bit too cheery. But I think it's, I think I I hope, and I I this this is the UK entry, the first UK entry in a long time that I think gives me gives me hope that we might make the top half. Fair, yeah, not disagreeing, Dan. Yeah, so I totally agree with kind of what's already been said, but definitely with you, Phil, in that this first comes up on the playlist and I'm thinking, oh, here's the UK entry, time to get the knives out. And to be honest, first watch through, you find the nonsensical lyrics, the man who thinks he's too cool to dance, the cliched repetitive trumpets, and then it hits me. Those are all Eurovision tropes. I mean, I may not like the song too much, but have we finally entered something that the Eurovision public will like? I genuinely do think the public will like this one. I'm not convinced they'll necessarily vote for it. We could still see quite a poor placing, but I think they will like it. I don't think people are going to say, oh, God, the British have sent something shit again. I think everyone can see that this is a good effort and a good attempt. Um, So it sounds like we're all fans. This is amazing. Are we finally going to have some accord on this? Okay, so... Deux Poix. Who has Deux Poix for this song? Yeah, I'll give Deux to James Newman, and not just because I've interviewed his brother. I'll give Deux to Newman as well, because Minnie interviewed his brother. That's two. Yep, I'm going to give this my 12 points. I don't think it'll be my favourite of the year. I reckon I'll find a favourite in one of the other shows, but you know what? It's surprisingly good. 12 points. That's three. Simon, Simon, what are you doing? You're to all us now? talking. You're all talking like this is going to come in the top ten, and you watch as they decide. No, we're not. No, we're not. Actually, I don't think anyone has said well, that. You no, know, what, you, you're what's happened? We've gone. No, no, we've we've gone. This is a good entry, and it may not put, like, put us in the bottom five, and it's probably the best song today. So we've given it our twelve points. You, meanwhile, have given your twelve points to Switzerland. Kelsa fucking <laughs> Prince. I'm going to go get a beer. Yeah, wanky craft award-winning shit that Simon drinks. Waitrose. Like, no, mate, I get mine direct from the local brewery. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> yeah. So, song number four is Switzerland. Switzerland are entering Jean's Tears, and this is his song, Tout l'univers. Simon, why don't you talk us through uh, Jean's tears? Yeah, so last year, Jean was one of the favourites with his song about his life as an immigrant uh, moving to Switzerland. And with such a personal song, I was quite worried, actually, that he wouldn't have something as moving or raw to bring to Eurovision in 2021. But our man's back with a car crash, uh, fortunately only in the song's video. 
Uh, it's a similar style song to last year, I would say, sung in French, designed to show off his impressive vocal range. Uh, my main criticism would be that it's a bit dreary. And what I really don't want from this year's Eurovision is like a, a Eurovision China Light style introspection, which kind of wallows in a COVID lockdown misery. Um, I want something upbeat and it's sort of like a, without wanting to sound too pretentious, a real festival of humanity. Uh, and this, this doesn't really fit with that. But I still think it's... A really impressive vocal performance, a fantastic song, uh, and I enjoyed listening to it. Mini, any non-Swiss views on this one? I think Simon said it himself, after the year we've had, we don't want literally a car crash. I mean, it looks like a Think Road Safety advert directed by Zack Snyder. <laughs> and while we've all had the good grace to not just side with our home nations, I think it's a uh, poor form from Simon to stick to his flag fucking nationalism. Mm. I, I think I, I do think it's important that, you know, this isn't about this song being Swiss. This is a better song than the other songs in this selection of the contest. Um, Dan. I've never had you down as a flag shagger, Simon. <laughs> it's, it's the impressive vocal range, and I'm sure the listeners will appreciate it. If I can start my analysis on a humorous note, I enjoy that this video immediately follows James Newman driving his Ford Mustang uh, down these country roads, and then this one opens up and uh, John is lying dead on the road. So it's, like it's, a, it's a narrative going on. Um, I tried to look for the other videos, some kind of narrative that maybe he gets into hospital, this takes a lot of morphine, and then he's tripping out when Germany's on later. I don't know. But, um... so I like that you said... You said to start it on a humorous note, and it was <laughs> this guy died and death. Car. Yeah, someone's died. <laughs> uh, so, on an even less humorous note, um, I remember John from last year with his burning curtains. Uh, I didn't like that entry, and I don't like this one. It's not just dreary, it's actually thoroughly depressing, Simon. Um, and this might be a bit of an obscure reference, but to me, it has an uncanny resemblance to the theme song from the Swedish crime drama, The Bridge. Darkness rises and all you do is turn your jaw and cross the room. S'il reste sur le bord, cet amour qui nous tarde. Okay, should we get to douze points, Simon? I'm assuming this is getting your douze points. Yep. So this is definitely the best singer amongst this lot. Uh, it is a song contest, so for me, this is getting my douze points. We'll see how the uh, the Swiss ensemble managed to ruin it with terrible staging. Uh, my one concern will be this, as I've said numerous times already. The song is designed to allow uh, Jean Stoff his impressive vocal range. Uh, I hope in a live performance that, that doesn't desert him. Okay, and nil point? Yeah, I'm going to give him my nil point. I know I told you I was going to do it with Germany, but fuck Simon, nil. <laughs> yeah, nil point for me as well. When I watched it, I thought Simon's going to really have to scrape the barrel to give this his deuce point. <laughs> and sure enough he, he never disappoints <laughs> apart from constantly 
Um, wow, so that's a negative score there for uh, Jean. One do's, but two nils. Um, okay, this is where I have to level with you all. This is currently the second favourite in uh, in the odds. Five fucking five face, then. He, vindication, he, vindication. Simon loves it because Simon always loves a critical acclaim. Simon loves a bit of critical acclaim. And to him, hearing this is second in the bookies order, that's critical acclaim without being mainstream. It's not the most popular. Second is literally Simon's favourite position. So okay. what it does affirm to me is that I, I am the man of the people. And the people are betting on this song because they think it's popular. And that's reflected in what the audience think about me, as opposed to, say, Alex, who's not... Like, a lot of the audience don't know who Alex is. Like, sometimes he's here, sometimes he's not. Like, it's a bit difficult for them. No, I missed one um, Whereas, like, my personality shines through because I, I am a man of the people. They are my people. And they listen to the podcast to hear my views, and they agree with them. And they sit there and they nod as I put down promenations about... John's tears and the impressive vocal range and how this is, you know, one of the favourites from Eurovision this year. And they, they agree with me because they, they know, because they are the people. They are the people who will vote. Not like you guys who just sit on your sofas and criticise everything that, you know, comes across your lap. Whoever scripting Simon the character's monologues is getting more and more grandiose <laughs> as time goes by. I think it's Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> I hate to break it to everyone, but more than any other song, this is the song that's given me winners vibes this year. This is the song Dan is Dan is heartbroken and distraught. That, Dan just literally while on mute went. You could see him. He went. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I I I'm not saying that I'm with Simon. I'm I'm not saying it's my favourite at all. But if you're asking me with my hat on, what do I think is going to win? I think it's this. I think this has got a better shot than the bookies' favourite at the moment. I I would be pretty confident, as confident as I've ever been in saying Switzerland's going to win this year, which well, I, is a very bizarre sentence to admit to. <laughs> Let's go on to song number five. And I think in the genre of music that is song number five from Eurovision and Isolation, this is a peak, peak effort from germany this is gendrix effort i don't feel hate i don't feel hate i just feel sorry if it's very clever then i find another way to wear me down i don't feel hate i just feel sorry so you can make it with the plate thing they'll never make it back to you because i don't feel I don't feel hate there. Minnie, are you going to keep with this offbeat, upbeat, uh, happiness vibe for Gendrick? No. Um, Germany give Eurovision the finger this year with a tap dancing ukulele vocalist, which was, for me, an instant Schlager bomb. But it is something nice. that, that I'd like to nice. see Simon attempt on the Christmas DVD. <laughs> uh, also thrown up by the uh, German Eurovision algorithm machine uh, Cheerleaders Someone dressed as an obscene hand gesture 
and a load of balls on the floor and on the stage as well. <laughs> don't don't forget the sequined short sleeve jacket, uh, Alex. Yeah, not not a fan at all. Um, it's stupid and goofy and not enjoyably so in the way that some joke entries are. It's um, like celebrity charity single for an anti-bullying campaign that doesn't make the top 10 in the charts kind of level of shit even the crowd on that bought into it like the forced kind of clapping and swaying along from what is at times seems like quite an old audience as if it's like the singer's parents and like the backing dancers parents in the audience with them they're not even enjoying it particularly and in terms of messaging I understand that obviously they're trying to maybe do a sort of satirical song and that kind of latches onto the be kind movement, but it's very much preaching to the converted at Eurovision. I think how mm. many heads is this going to legitimately turn at what is, you know, a famously tolerant crowd and audience who, how, how many people are going to genuinely be picking up the phone for this? I imagine far, far fewer than Switzerland. I agree. Uh, the song's a bit shit. I should say, and I fully agree that it feels like a anti-bullying uh, campaign song. But he does seem to have authenticity about what he's singing about. There are a couple of other songs that are out there this year that are in the good old tradition of Eurovision protest songs just feel a little vague and also a little inauthentic, like the people don't really care about what they're singing about. And from everything I've heard about Jendrick online and all of his communications, he's supposedly very big on TikTok, you will not be surprised to know. He actively and consistently campaigns on a ignoring trolls, rise above, don't do uh, online hate uh, platform. And so, do you know what? I think the song's shit, but he is at least singing about something that he really cares about. Uh, so I'll give him credit whilst he plummets to 24th in the final or lower. Um, Simon. I'm afraid I, as those of you that know me know, I, I do feel hate and... I do feel hate for this song, really. <laughs> it's quite annoying. And the person I was this I was watching it and I couldn't help but think about Ben Dolick from last year, who <laughs> produced this like okay, it wasn't my favorite song, but it's kind of like a club dance number that was like not the favorite, but in good standing. And They've just moved on from him to this unmitigated strike in which there's a person in a in a hand costume that is literally swearing at every single person behind them. <laughs> uh, Dan. When we record this, I always put the video on, on the screen behind me here and just have it sort of on a loop playing in the background just so I can kind of remember what's going on. My God, my eyes, it hurts. Um, <laughs> it's so many flashing lights, shit going on all over the place. I need an epilepsy warning, definitely. Um, as many said, I think it's the classic 
put Eurovision into a computer and tell it to give you the perfect Eurovision song. And it's um, it's thrown out all sorts of things, including one of the thumb people from Spy Kids 2. Um, <laughs> Me. Yeah, this is how it starts, though. You let the computers decide a Eurovision entry and next year Skynet will send Arnie and it's all over. I hate to say I told you so. I feel like this is probably the wrong point to bring out from your views, but was that Sky Kids 2 or Spy Kids 1? Because I thought it was 1 that had the thumb people. Well, if I'm wrong, uh, the person to blame is Paige. That was her research on that one. Um. <laughs> um, there's no dues pois still out there to offer, so I think there's a couple of people offering their nils to Gendrick here. Yeah, I'll be giving this my nil part. If it was at a, like, Cubs and Scouts gang show, it would get booed off. I, I'm not going to lie, I wouldn't put it on on my gang show. It's a nil point from me as well. Um, th there's some moral background to this song, which I wasn't aware of uh, when I wrote, wrote up my notes, but it doesn't change the fact that this is pretty shit. I'm on the Spy Kids wiki here, and the Spy Kids actually feature in all four of the Spy Kids movies. That's Spy Kids, Spy Kids 2, The Island of Lost Dreams, Spy Kids 3D, Game Over, Spy Kids 4D, all the time in the world. Are you aware uh, of what you just said there, Phil? Because you, you just said the Spy Kids featured in all the Spy Kids films. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> Which is, oh, is true. No one is going to write into the podcast and be like, that's wrong. There's no Spy Kids <laughs> in Spy Kids 4. By that point, they're spy adults. Jaws the Shark featured in Jaws 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> I'll, I'll try again. Uh, Please do <laughs> For those interested in the, in the Spy Kids uh, background here, the Thumb People, otherwise known as Thumb Thumbs, actually appear in all four of the Spy Kids movies. That's Spy Kids, Spy Kids 2, The Islands of Lost Dreams, Spy Kids 3D. <laughs> Jean-Gu Mongroy, Jean-Gu Macroy, Jean-Gu Macroy, Jean-Gu Macroy, Jean-Gu Macroy. For someone I think who would identify as, as you know, a, a tolerant European liberal, you mm -hmm. do make an absolute gammon fisted attempt at overseas names quite often. <laughs> Jean-Gu Magoo. <laughs> Bonjour, Jean-Gu Magoo. <laughs> I need to go and uh, sort the jam out. I'll be two minutes. The euphemism? I honestly, if I was him, I wouldn't have done this unsupervised. You've got to be keeping an eye on that. You don't want the pectin level to be... Uh, if it gets too hot, the pectin will be be all, all off. You've got the jam thermometer in there. What does the jam thermometer say? This is jam.